With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And as we continue to record our show, our thoughts, of course, and, and our prayers are with the people of Ukraine. Um, doing the pod feels so insignificant and unimportant when you see the emotional scenes at Goodison and indeed right across the football world. Uh, with defender Alexander Sinchenko in tears, both on the bench and on the pitch, as fans show their support for him and his country. Um, Listen, countries are choosing to say to Russia, you, we're not going to play you. And we just hear now that UA from FIFA, I think, are banning Russian teams from all competitions. Um, listen, we're going to pick our way through that. Um, we, we're going to talk about the victory at Goodison, the, another controversial VR decision, and look forward to Peterborough away on Tuesday in the FA Cup and then Stretford, of course, at home at the weekend. But but three guests who I had on last time, we had a bit of a love-in, I seem to remember, uh, between Tony Newgrosh, Roger Reed, and Ian Lees. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. You too, Nigel. Good to see you back again, pal. Uh, listen, let, let's listen. Let's start with this terrible situation um, uh, in Russia and, and Ukraine. I don't want to get too political, but I, I think it's important we probably just touch on that, Tony. Your your kind of reflections on, on what you've seen, sort of from a football point of view, particularly sort of as a result of what's gone in in, in those countries. Well, I hope it reminds us what football is meant to be. It's a, a game that's meant to bring us all together as a world, as a family, as it were. There are clearly more important things going on at the moment than a football game and I think I along with many other people were very very touched with the reception Sinchenko got on Saturday and let's hope that we can just make a little bit of difference it is just a game it's a game we love it's a game we care about but as you said Nigel there are far more important things going on in the world at the moment. And just that moving image of Michaelenko and Zinchenko at the start of, of, of while they were warming up, Lizo, you know, they kind of came together, embraced each other. I mean, certainly, you know, just, just the emotion of that, you could just see what it meant to both of those guys, what's going on. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And I think that's the power of football and the power of sport, that it can bring people together, even in the time of crisis. And that's been proved throughout history, even in the First World War, on Christmas Day, they had a, 
a Germany England game in the trenches. So uh, let's hope that we're, the the, that, uh, the the sporting community can come together and obviously have a, a great impact and a good impact and uh, and ending this thing fairly quickly. Rog, your your, your reflections. Yeah, I think it's it's lovely that football has come together uh, so strongly in support of uh, the Ukraine. Uh, I had the pleasure of being introduced to Alexander Zinchenko uh, about 10 days ago, uh, and I was so impressed with him as a guy, a lovely guy. He was actually in the city store, believe it or not, shopping for clothes for his newborn baby. Uh, and he's a great credit not only to his family, but also to his nation. I think those scenes were very, very moving from Saturday. But what I was so impressed with was, you know, the whole of football is now backing Ukraine. Everybody, uh, even Liverpool and City fans, dare I say, are agreeing to uh, to support Ukraine. Uh, I think one of the things I've just got to say, just to make it City-specific, um, I've been very fortunate to have met City players over many years from the 60s, even from the 50s, in fact, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And I think one of the things I love about the players that I've known and got to know is that they have this uh, humility, this this humbleness that I think sort of permeates through all the eras. And that came across with Alexander as well when I met him. And uh, I, th- I think it's just lovely. It's, it's almost a characteristic, a trait of City players. And it makes me love the club and, and respect the club so much more. So um, well done to City for all that they're doing in support of Ukraine at the moment as well. So, so Roger, just to sum up, you agree with both Tony and I like you did last time? <laughs> indeed, indeed. I told you, I've got the fan club going already. I'm the only member. Tony, it, it, it's been reported. Let's sort of t- talk about the game itself then at Goodison. Obviously, it took a, a late winner from Phil Foden to to secure the three points, the a, a really crucial, vital three points for City, just to extend that gap to six points again. With Liverpool obviously playing in a in the Manchester City Cup final, um, as it's been known. Uh, but but City far from their best again. Would it be fair to say? Yeah, certainly the first half was very frustrating. Lots of misplaced passes. It. When we're not quite there, it just always looks a little bit laboured, didn't it? Sometimes you just want to remind them the object of the game is to put the ball in the back of the net. And sometimes just being a bit more direct and brutal would be helpful. The short corners were just going nowhere. And I'm sure, like many of us, I was getting somewhat frustrated. I thought second half much better. And no doubt we'll talk about the penalty that wasn't later. But I thought it was a thoroughly deserved three points in the end. And that's what champions do, grind out results. And we were by far the better team in the end. I mean, Tony says we were far, by far the better team, Lizo, but you credit to City legend Frank Lampard, who had many, many years at the Etihad, as we'll remember. Um, thousands of games he played for the club, and, and I say a City legend. Uh, but, but being serious again, cre- credit to Everton, who, who sort of lined up well and, and frustrated us for most of the game. I, I don't think it was ever going to be an easy game because Frank had actually changed the team around and he got them working. But again, I, I agree with Tony, so I'm part of that fan club now. <laughs> but, um, that, that's what champions are made of. We played some hard games. We lost uh, Torres in, uh, in January without a replacement. So again, it, the, the, this current squad is limited. Um, people seem to think we, we have a, a big squad. Um, and if you look on the bench, we still have academy players on it. So it's going to be interesting to see... Um, what he plays against Peterborough during the week. 
Um, but again, yeah, it's just what play, uh, teams, championship teams are, working, um, are made of. They have to get three points, whether it's good or bad football, and we just grounded it out. How did you see City? We, we've talked about the fact that, that Everton, I think, did reasonably well. Tony's talked about second half better than first half. What, what's your view, Rog? What, 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 what was not quite right about City at the weekend? Well, I think the first half performance was uh, was was maybe a bit patchy. Um, the second half performance for me was where City really stepped up, and I mean, I was getting necky even watching it on the TV because it was all happening in one half. There wasn't anything happening. Everton presented no threat at all until City scored, um, and and I, I think increasingly teams are going to play like that against City. They're just going to defend and hang on for the break. In fact, the Tottenham game, you could even talk about that because Tottenham, the difference was that they were clinical with their finishing. Um, and, and if teams defend and can attack City on the break like Tottenham did, I think they will still present a threat to us, even though we dominate the possession. I mean, the, the possession stats against Tottenham were actually much, much greater than they were against Everton on, on Saturday. But City were so in control of the game, with the obvious exception of the incident that we're going to talk about. We will. Be patient. Uh, we're not there yet, uh, but we will get there, I promise you. In terms of the second half, I mean, it seems to be that sort of Pep actually did make an adjustment, Tony, and, and we saw kind of Bernardo Silva playing a bit deeper in that midfield role and, and Foden going into that false nine. Um, any criticism of Pep from you? Or are we getting... We have had a question on Twitter that you may well have seen that uh, that uh, our friend Ray says that, you know, is, is Pep's regression in tactics and personnel going to cost City the title, which sounds a little bit harsh to me. Um, but but he's starting to question Pep and maybe some of his tactics. Did he did he get it right first half? Did he... you happy the way he adjusted it? What, what's your view of Pep and his, and his performance? Well, it's interesting with City, isn't it? There is only a plan A. Uh, and for me, where it just uh, falls down occasionally is where we don't quite play with the right level of intensity. Those passes aren't quite zipped as quickly as they should. Um, people are, are taking time to think when the ball needs to be moved. I, there were a couple of tweaks at half time, and we just looked more up for it. So, you know, I, I can't criticise Pep for that. It was clearly the right thing to do in a good halftime team talk. The one thing that I find extraordinary with Pep since you've raised it is there is no other manager on this planet who would not have brought on a defensive player in the 93rd minute just to waste some time. We had a substitute still to make and he doesn't do it. It just astonishes me that he didn't just try and A, shore up the defence and B, bring on an extra defender just to uh, waste a bit of time. It's just not in his mentality whatsoever. It's extraordinary really, but no, I, th- I don't think he's quite over the hill yet. Lizo, you're still 100% behind Pep. Any any sort of criticism for you at all or, or not? You're still in the uh, I love Pep camp yeah. almost as much as I love Tony Newgrosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, it, when when Pep decides to go, uh, then Tony's the next manager for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, no, you can't criticise Pep whatsoever. The, the, the victories, the silverware, the joy of watching Manchester City, you just can't criticise him. Um, you know, you can't even criticise him for the Tottenham game uh, based on what Tony's just said there. Would you have brought on a defender when we were two all um, and with another three minutes to go? You just, no. Pep for me, he won the game, we got the points, and uh, his philosophy is he's got plan A, there's no plan B, just improve plan A again. So uh, for me, no, no criticism at all. We'll be there. We'll be there at the end of the season. 
Roger, your thoughts on Pep before I sort of turn it into a different topic? Well, I'm sorry to say, now you're talking to uh, Pep's number one fan here. I will not have people attack him in the way that he's just been attacked. Pep's regression in tactics. Uh, is someone being serious? He, he, he is the most successful manager in the world today. If you look at his record in the league this season, we win over three games out of every four in the league this season. So that, that's an incredible stat uh, in itself. Um, to say he's regressing in tactics is so unfair when we are playing against defences. On Saturday in the second half, Everton had 10 men in their own third. They didn't even have an outlet ball. They didn't even leave a striker up front on the halfway line at points in the second half. We have got to break down these 10-man defences. And Pep is very patient, very calm about the way we set about it. When asked about it, he actually said, this is what we're facing. And we take that as the challenge. You know, I think it's very big of him. I think he's an absolutely fantastic man, fantastic manager. He he is not regressing in any way, shape or form. Um, I think the, the challenge that Liverpool are presenting, the fact that in today's newspapers, they're actually talking about Liverpool having won the first leg of their quadruple. I think I think that's great. I think that's great because that gives us that challenge now. Well, it's really uh, interesting. Pep is the right man to lead us. Sorry, Nigel. No, sorry, I, I interrupted you. It's interesting you said that because I was talking to a member of uh, the podcast team who will remain name, but who will remain nameless, but her initials are Lisa Rabinovitz, and and she said that that she started talking Lizo in this kind of she feels in a water that, that that actually Liverpool are potentially you know got momentum. They've won the Manchester City Cup and and they've got that momentum, uh, and she fears. That they may well. I mean, why why not Liverpool? You know, City can't win all four, of course, this time, but uh, Liverpool could. How how do you feel about that talk, Lizo? I think it's great. I think we need some sort of challenge. Uh, we can't go winning every game seven nil. It's getting boring, to be honest with you. Um, I think we need a challenge. The fact is that Man United, Tottenham, and all that are nowhere near is in the league. Um, it will be a great game uh, come April when we when Liverpool come to the Etihad. Um, you know, they've got to slip up as well as we do. So we did it against uh, against them when uh, we thought Leicester will take a point off us and good old Vinny got the goal that uh, inevitably got us a championship. So again, I think it's great. Competition's brilliant. Love it. Tony, Liverpool are obviously a real threat. Your, your, your good friend, Lisa Rabinovitz, um, any response for her? I know she listens to the show every fourth show, so she might listen to this one. I'm not sure. You're, do, you want, do you want to respond to Lisa on this one? I was just thinking it's not like Lisa to be so negative, is it? <laughs> <laughs> is she doing children's parties the other three weeks or something? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we all worry, don't we? We're all looking over our shoulders at the moment, but I think we'll be fine. I think the fixtures are, are in our favour. And you know what? If Liverpool go on to win it, then I won't like it, but they probably deserve it because they'll probably have to win every game from now on. So it's nice to have a challenge. You know, people have been saying it's been boring watching City. It ain't boring anymore. Let me tell you, it's going to be a great running. So you agree with me now, Tony? You're a fan <laughs> of mine, right? <laughs> 100% mate <laughs> good lad pal but before we get on to the VAR decision that, that you're all keen to talk about let's just talk about Phil Foden briefly uh, yeah uh, it was obviously a defensive error fell to him and he, uh, he took it well but uh, 
what a star in the making here. And I just, uh, any opportunity we have to talk about Phil Foden, the Stockport Iniesta, I, I, I'm delighted to do. Rod, you, you kick us off on this one and just him taking that goal and, and the way he sort of adapt is, uh, has adapted to that false nine role under Pep. Just just magnificent, isn't it? Oh, what a player. What a player. For such a young uh, young player to come into the team and have such an influence. And his goal scoring record is incredible already, you know. Um, I mean, again, you know that I obviously worked at Main Road back in the day when people like Gary Owen and Peter Barnes were coming through and it was fantastic to see these young players coming through from the youth team the reserve team and then into the first team and actually making an influence in the first team it was great to see the likes of Gary and Peter make such an impression but this guy this this guy is a world beater already at the age of 21. It's incredible the influence he has on games and, and the skill that he possesses. You know, I can see him becoming the new, as they're calling him, the new Gascoigne almost for, for England, never mind for City, because he's such a talent. It's just just hope we can we can nurture him and, and keep his humility in the way that I've described about City players over the years. Fantastic, fantastic player. I mean, Lizo, you've you've seen a few Lizo over the years, young talent coming through as well. As well, how, how does he compare? I mean, is he is he potentially the best? Well, he's certainly up there. The City have a, a great record of producing good talent. From uh, I know the debate uh, keeps going on, and who's the best player at City? Was it Colin Bell or was it Kevin De Bruyne? And we can keep going on and on about City players, and they're all in the England team. Uh, I can't name drop as many as Roger can, but, uh, you know, I, I just think, yeah. And, and and if you look at the bench now, we've got the likes of McAteer, we've got Cole Palmer, we, we've got um, Latvia. We've got all of them coming through. And these are all City players. Uh, you know, it's a great time to be a City, uh, City fan, to be honest with you. So, again, who do we pick as the best player? You know, you just keep going on and on. Well, you're all wrong because, as, as you know, my dad will tell you it's Peter Doherty anyway. So, so you're wrong anyway on all counts. So, the the answer is Peter. All, all roads lead to Peter Doherty. Sorry. So, so, so you're wrong, uh, Tony. Do you, a, a quick word on Foden from you then before we move on to uh, the VAR decision. Well, I was going to go for Barry Silkman myself, so I think you're all wrong, but but never mind. No, I've oh, just what? gone off you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost two members of the bank, Tony. Oh dear. What can you say about Phil Foden? Fantastic. He's got a, a first touch like Lisa Rabinovitz, and that was a hell of a party, wasn't it? Um, he's just a magnificent player. He's just a joy to watch, and I think he is humble. Um, you, we mentioned Colin Bell before. I remember meeting him at the, I think the 2013 Cup final and how humble was he? And I think he could step into those shoes, just be that player who is City through and through. And look, I just enjoy watching him. And I, I think we please God, we'll get many, many a year out of him. Lizo, let's talk about VAR. Let's talk about penalties. And, you know, I think you know my view. Of course, VAR was brought in to eliminate these sort of decisions. So, you know, if in doubt, go to VAR and it's all sorted and it's all resolved. Uh, and it was on the day, wasn't it? No penalty, quite clear. Uh, play on. What's the problem? Discuss. Right. Ian Lees. Na- Nigel, listen, Tony's not a referee. Roger's not a referee. I'm. You told me many times I'm not a qualified referee. I want to throw that question back at you, mate. You're the qualified referee. Was it handball or not? Of course it was. All day long it was handball. Absolutely 100%. No question. But what part of the arm becomes uh, handball and what part of it comes not handball? And apparently the VAR decision was it wasn't conclusive which part of the arm 
or all the ball? Does it have to be all ball on the green, all ball on the red? Don't any know. any part, just any any small part. It doesn't have to. It's not like the ball in and out of play where it's the whole of the ball over the whole of the line. But he moved, he moved his arm towards it uh, in an unnatural position, and it hit his arm, uh, and it was handball. And, uh, you know, there's me, a, a massive City fan, uh, a referee, and I don't understand it. And uh, I hate VAR, always do. I'm not going to go back over four years of what I think of VAR. It's been well documented. And this is precisely why we shouldn't have VAR for these sort of decisions. Because all we do, and it's what I predicted, and I'm saying it again, is instead of complaining about the referee, we'll spend our time complaining about the VAR decision. And this is precisely what happens time and time again. Mm. And it's not a perfect science. It's about opinion. Mm. And when that happens and when it hits the arm, yeah, it's, it's disputable. Did it, where did it hit? You know, where, now it's all about the sleeve length and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about opinion. Yeah, all Everton fans will think it was handball and probably a lot of City fans will think it's handball if you really ask them deep down. Yeah. So, Nigel, but, you know, why, the, why didn't the referee give it? He, did, he didn't give it. Because in his opinion, he didn't think it whatever, for whatever reason, it leaves though. It's not black and white. It's not like the technology that, what, the buzzes on the referee's wrist when the whole of the ball goes over the whole of the line for a goal. That is factual. That's in. That's either in play or out of play. It's a goal or not a goal. You know, fouls, handballs, ultimately are about opinion, and it's still about opinion. You know, Roger. Roger. So Ian's answering my question. Leo, Lizo's asking, answering my question by asking me questions. I know you will give a highly intelligent, um, full, <laughs> and well-constructed well and thought-through answer to my question. I'm asking a question. What's your view? Listen, I don't think I've ever given an answer like that in my life. But anyway, um, no, I, I, it's funny because obviously I was watching the game on, on TV on, on Saturday and I thought, oh, no, here we go. VAR is going to rule that it's a penalty. I was I was that convinced it was going to be given. But, you know, we, we are due one or two decisions in our favour this, this season. It seems to me that Liverpool are getting them regularly. Uh, as they always have done for the last 30 years. And City do not get regular VAR decisions in their favour. So it's nice to get one. In fact, let me just qualify, and none of your pundits on your last podcast last week mentioned this, Nigel, but Tottenham's first goal against us last week was offside. Clearly offside. Nobody said a word. It didn't get, nobody even disputed it. Nobody said a word. Nobody even queried it at the time. Clearly, the referee just gave the goal and it went back to the halfway line. VAR didn't want to know. But when you actually replay it from Harry Kane's touch in his own half, the lad was in our half on his own and offside. So you win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. Like the, football's always been that way. It's always been that way before VAR. You win some, you lose some. I think we, we, we were a bit lucky on Saturday. Tony, we were lucky. It was handball, says Roger Reed. You know what? I've lost respect for all of you. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, incidentally, I did not say it was handball. I said Reed got a lucky break. Look, I don't see what's so difficult about all of this. The referee wasn't fully cited. He couldn't give it. VAR is there to change decisions where there's a clear and obvious error. And it's very difficult, as you say, with handball, Nigel, because it is subjective. It is now where the sleeve goes to. Um, from certain angles, 
absolutely look like handball from other angles. It didn't. And I think they gave the correct decision with the protocols as they stand. They couldn't definitively say it was handball. And therefore, Lampard can cry all he likes and demand all the apologies he likes. Um, but they applied VAR correctly. Now, you may say that's not the way VAR should work. VAR should re-referee matches. We've talked about this before. But in the circumstances, yes, you might argue we were lucky, but it was actually the correct decision based on the rules as they work at the moment. And I don't care when people like Alan Shearer go on match of the day and say this stupid rule about the T-shirt line, of course, that's the rule, okay? And it worked in our favour for once. And as Roger said, plenty have gone against us. It was the correct decision. And you know what? Everton cannot complain. They were time-wasting from the third minute. There were some nasty, spiteful challenges that were trying to wind us up. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. We got the three points and we deserve them. Move on. Can I just confirm that I'm back in the Tony Newgross fan club? <laughs> Listen, I'm in the Lisa, Lisa fan club now. After to that. <laughs> oh. So can we just go back to, to, there's far too much Lisa Rabinovitz on this show for, for my liking. I'll tell you, should, well, I think we get Leon to edit a lot of this out, I think, by the time it gets shown, because it's just far too much of Lisa on this show. Um, it's going to be the Lisa Rabinovich show, I think. She'll be shocked when she sees that title come up, <laughs> up on her Twitter feed, I'm sure. So in, in terms of VR, Rog, j- just again, sort of going back to that, we can't ignore it and we, and we try not to talk about it, but this is clearly a big incident. You know, it could, could be a massive decision in the run into the Premier League and all those sort of things. You know, Everton, of course, their, their survival as well is not secured. So it's so lots of different implications. Why can't we have this situation? You're, you're a football man. You, you're a dyed-in-the-wool football man, lived, lived and breathed worked in football, written one of the most amazing football books that's ever landed on Waterstone shelves. You must have a view on this. Why can we not have a situation where these guys are mic'd up? So at least we can understand the conversation like they do in cricket, like they do in rugby. You know, this is, this is the, why do we have this silence in the stadium where we just don't know what's going on? I don't get that. What, what, do you have a view on that? Can we not change that quite quickly? Listen, football is the world's greatest spectator sport. How can you possibly have decisions being made that are not relayed to the spectators? You know, I don't know how many were in the crowd on on, on Saturday, 40,000, just under 40,000. You know, 40,000 people deserve better than just picking up on a decision that has been given and then the game carries on. Uh, as you rightly say, I think in rugby and cricket, they get the decisions uh, so much better the, the public broadcasting of what, you know, referees in rugby union are actually saying to the players is so much better handled. And it, it would it would actually be good for the referees, for people to actually respect and understand what they're actually saying about the decision that they're giving. You know, it, it, other than that, we can only continue with our, I don't know, our longstanding misunderstanding of referees and the job that they do. Uh, and and while that continues, we're always going to be critical of referees. Um, you know, surely there should be a better, I don't know, compatibility. We all love the game. Referees love the game of football. We need them on our side. But we, to give them, to get them on our side, we have to hear their point of view. And it seems to me they're not allowed to give it. Lisa, anything to add on the whole sort of VAR and referee debate? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it, you're talking about two different games here, and you've said it earlier before, Nigel, where it's a matter of opinions. So if you're communicating, communicating to the fans, well, in my opinion, it was handball, 30,000 people are going to say, well, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, where in rugby, and as you know, 
it's defined. Is it offside? Did the ball get knocked on? Yes, no. And the goal line technology is the perfect example of football. It's either over or it's not. Perfect. With everything else, like we said, opinions, was it offside? Did it hit the hand? What type of what? Did he? It's all about opinions. And if you started making that to the crowd, you would have a, a riot. So I think, I think you're right, Nigel, to scrap VAR, but I also think we need to clarify the rules a lot better. And if once we've got clarification on simplicity on the rules, then we can look at forward to actually communicating that to the fans. But at the moment, I don't think we can. So I think what you're talking about are the laws, actually, just just to be clear on that. Sorry, Lisa, is that, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Just, just So there's no confusion. Is the laws of laws, football. Yes, yeah, I good. Do. Just checking. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Not wanting to sound kind of, you know, particularly pedantic or, or, or difficult or superior with you at all on this show, Lisa. It's not what I would do with you, as you know, ever. <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't dream of it, Nigel. You do that? No. Tony, final word on, on <laughs> VAR and miking up refs. Well, I think the fundamental problem with miking up refs is the lack of respect in the game and the industrial language and the surrounding of the referee. There's no way you could you could uh, publish the, con- the uh, conversations that go on, and I really dislike it. It is very different in rugby. You don't get that same harassment of the referee. You know, I see. I watch my kids on a Sunday morning, and you see it, it pervades their games, just surrounding the referee and just the general lack of respect. And football needs to clean up its act generally. I'd love to be in that position where we could do that, um, but at the moment, I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't dream of uh, putting over a microphone exactly the conversations that go on on a football pitch. I think uh, make make most of our stomachs churn. Can I just add one more thing as well, Nigel? And, and something that I mentioned when VAR first came in is that I really have a concern for referees in that they are actually acting in the VAR scenario. These are referees that are known to managers and to players. And there's needs for me, there needs to be some sort of independence. Why do people need to know that it was Chris Cavanna in the VAR box on Saturday? There should have been someone independent in there who was unnamed uh, and probably not even a referee. I've been saying and rooting for the fact that it really needs to, it's a job that needs to be done by expert video analysts rather than referees, because what they're confirming is not necessarily uh, what has and hasn't happened. It's what the referee's decision is, is what they're actually looking into. Does that uh, go against your argument a bit, Rog? Because you're kind yeah, of saying, you know, refer- referees need to be kind of out there and sort of, you know, more. You, we should have more of a, an interaction with them. Now you're yeah, saying yeah, they should be yeah. invis- on the same hand. This is a paradox, isn't it? On the other no, hand, you're no, 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 unnamed no. people that we don't even know who's making that decision. No, no, Those the referee two on the field is still in charge. But the independent assessment is being done by VAR. We don't know who that person is. That person will relay the information to the referee and the referee can announce what the decision is. Um, And if he can announce why the decision has been changed from his original decision, if that's the, the actual case. But I think there has to be some sort of independent check. It's a bit like, you know, in accounting, You can put your accounts together as a company secretary or a company accountant, but you then have to have an independent audit of of those accounts. And it has to be done by someone separate from the company. 
I've got the perfect solution. So we have a decision. We stop play. I think we should go to a court of law. I think we should have <laughs> we should have arbitration. You can appeal, and then we have a arbitration, and eventually a decision is made three weeks later, and, and we all come back three weeks later and pick it up from there. Talking of that, we're going to take a break now. We're going to try and sort of recharge our batteries, um, try and sort of think about this whole VAR nonsense, uh, try and work out exactly what we're going to do. Um, it's probably not going to involve arbitration, I don't think. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about posh, posh in the FA Cup and then Stretford in the Premier League. All that's going to come straight after this break. Welcome back. Listen, we have got an exciting FA Cup fixture coming up on Tuesday night. Um, posh. That's an exciting fixture, isn't it? Who, uh, a few changes, Roger Posh. You're a big expert, I know, in, uh, in Peterborough <laughs> United. Just changed their marriage. Mr. Darren Ferguson has moved on very recently, I believe, just, just, just in time for City's arrival. He has indeed, and uh, uh, to be fair, Peterborough United have been having a bit of a tough time recently, um, and they have, as you rightly say, they've replaced Darren Ferguson with Grant McCann. Uh, I know a little about Grant because he used to be the manager at my local club, Doncaster Rovers. In fact, it's the second time that he's actually followed in Darren Ferguson's footsteps uh, as manager because he followed him into uh, the job at Doncaster Rovers uh, and obviously now follows him into the the job at Peterborough. Um, He's actually been quite successful and he does like to get his teams playing attacking football, Grant. So uh, I think there will be a change in the way they're going to approach the game tomorrow. Hopefully they will give it a a bit of a go. Um, and it should be an interesting spectacle. Um, in, in a lot of ways, I'm a bit disappointed that Darren um, Ferguson isn't in charge because, again, he tends to play attacking football. Uh, his reputation is that he's always been, you know, an advocate of playing the game in the opposition half. So uh, disappointed that he's not still there. I think that would have been a, a good test for us. But um, yeah, I think it, I think Graham McCann. He knows his football, he knows his onions, and um, it'll be a tough game tomorrow. Tony, I suppose it partly depends on the sort of team that Pep decides to put out, doesn't it, really, I suppose? You know, how many changes is he going to make? How many of the kids is he going to play? Uh, you know, does he want to continue the momentum with a victory at Goodison and, and keep a similar side? I don't know. got any thoughts on that? Oh, one thing with the Pep team is, you know, they'll always play exactly the same way. So there's plenty of players who could do with a bit of game time. It's Inchenko who said he's going to play today, which will be great. Uh, for all the reasons we've talked about, Jesus, I'm sure, will be back moving in mysterious ways. Ake will no doubt come into the defence, a couple of the youngsters. Um, I see Peter got a goal difference of minus 42 at the moment, so fill your boots, lads. Lizo, your thoughts ahead of the, uh, the Portsmouth game? Uh, Portsmouth game, the... Uh... <laughs> Got me geography right. Begins with P, doesn't it? The, the well, they both play blue, don't they? They're exactly they the, the P yeah. the game. Sorry. Uh, nothing to add. It's just a case of we will win it next round, bring it on. Um, I'm more looking forward to Sunday than I am tomorrow, to be honest with you. Go on then, start on Sunday then. Let's uh, let's uh, let's kick off on Sunday then. This is a tasty one, this isn't it? It's the mid yeah. mid table Stretford. Um, not quite. They've come back the last couple of weeks. I think they're up to fourth now, aren't they? Sadly. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is what it's all about, isn't it? In the well, in the in the run in for the league against them at this again, stage of the season. Again, as we've said uh, earlier on, it's a must win. We can't drop two points against them. Uh, we've it's we've got to win it. End off to be honest with you. You've just got to carry on that momentum. 
you know what United bring, it's a derby, you never know which team's going to turn up. Um, but again, if City play their game like they have done, uh, it should be an easy three points, to be honest with you. And hopefully the goal difference as well. But uh, we'll see. Tony, it's never an easy one, is it, against them? They always seem to uh, hit us on the break and uh, they've had some success against us the last couple of seasons as well, haven't they, of course? Indeed they have, and I'm sure they'll very much copy the sort of Tottenham template. They'll defend deep and try and hit us on the break. And as poor as Rashford has been of late, he's exactly the sort of player who could potentially take advantage of that. Um, Yeah, looking forward to it. They've got a good record at our place, to be fair, of late. But this is what title run-ins are all about. So, you know, we'll give them their day of... Their day in the sun, their cup final. Let's see. You know, they got a good point against Watford at the weekend and uh, let's see what they can do. Rod, your reflections ahead of uh, the weekend and uh, Stratford? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's their cup final, isn't it? Seeing as they're not in any of the cups now. Um, so it's it's their big game. It's their big day out. They'll they do everything they possibly can to upset the apple cart and, and get a win. The the problem I have with derby games, as you know, is that derby games are so unpredictable. You know, the United, if the United, like Lizo says, if, if the United that can play turn up on Sunday, we're in for a tough game, tough tough game. And um, I, I, you know, like like Pep has said, we really to guarantee winning the league, we've got to keep winning every game. So this becomes a massive game for us now on Sunday uh, it's not a typical one where as a City fan you just want to get one over United this one actually is just another league game for us that we really have to win to make sure we stay that uh, keep that gap and stay ahead of Liverpool So uh, let's get your predictions then uh, so uh, whether it's uh, Peterborough or Portsmouth I'll, I'll, you can choose up to you uh, I, I think it's Peterborough so Peterborough first in the FA Cup and then Stretford at the weekend Tony two, two scores for me please in that order Peterborough first prediction and then against Stretford in the league at the weekend what are you going with? I shall go for 4-1 to Manchester City versus Peterborough and difficult one the derby isn't it I'm going to go for a nerfy 3-1 victory. Okay, Lizo, please, your two score predictions. Uh, Portsmouth stroke, uh, Peterborough, uh, I think... Oh, we're we playing both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to what Nigel's. <laughs> so, why not? They're both playing blue. They're both from start with B, so why not? Um, I think it will be 3-0 Manchester City, and I'm going for 3-1 in the derby for City. Rog, finally... Think, I think there'll be narrow wins for us. Nice. That's all I'm saying. Narrow. Narrow. All right. Well, listen, thank you Are to... Are you in the Lisa uh, club now, Roger? These negative <laughs> comments? <laughs> what? I just said we'll win. He's just oh, said he will win both of them. Oh, get that. That's get not that. negative. Positive. What scores? Come on, Reedy. Come on. Give us some goal scores. He's shaking oh, his head. Uh, Listen, I'm going to take control here. Uh, talking about na- talking about narrow thinking. Thank you to Ian Lees, particularly. Uh, and also to Roger Reed and to Tony Newgrosh. This is Nigel Rathbone saying thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.